Okay, so I had asked to go off the cuff today just because usually we'll listen to someone we enjoy listening to um, as far as our favorite gospel speaker. And uh, today we didn't do that. Uh, There has been something that I have been wanting to kind of just discuss and share for a while because it's something that at this phase for me in particular and I mean I know and a lot of times when I share it with you Gab you also say that you can relate so I would I guess clearly say this is something that we've been discussing and been experiencing for a while is being in our generation because we're not old and we're definitely not kids uh we are in this place where we have a lot of life in us we have a lot to give we have a desire to give but we weren't always operating in the ways pleasing to god and on our early life you know both of us have been introduced to the lord rather early but that still didn't change a lot of the natural organic processes that some of us go through with kind of falling away for a bit because we have to have our own experiences. My experience with the Lord was so spoon-fed, I didn't really appreciate the meal, so to speak. You know, when you live with your parents and and everything's provided for you, you tend to not appreciate it until you don't have it unless you get it for yourself. And that foundation, that support, that love, when I went off on my own and was out in the world doing my own thing, when there were less than desirable circumstances or some unfortunate events that arose, I didn't have that safety net. I didn't have that provision unless I turned to God. And there was a lot of different experiences that I had and I oscillated I would you know go through some things and then have a breakthrough and then go back to tripping again and then go through some things have a breakthrough connect with the Lord and start tripping again because it's a learning process just like you trip and fall and you know uh, maybe I shouldn't take that step or I shouldn't walk on uh, on that type of surface uh, I should not touch that hot stove like all the things that a lot of us have to experience and have an adverse reaction and experience and it's embedded in our psyche enough where we go oh yeah I already learned my lesson with that I'm not doing that again and that is also with a lot of us in the things of the spirit and we can also see it with the children of Israel constantly oscillating back and forth when the Lord had bought them out of numerous tight areas numerous areas of bondage bought them so many victories but they kept falling back into their old ways and worshiping multiple guys and getting caught up and paganism the paganistic uh doctrines of that era and uh we see you know in other other cultures and things like that a lot of other ways of spirituality have multiple gods that they serve and we know as followers of Christ that there is one God and he does not share. He does not share his children and the glory with any other gods. And as we grow in that, it's 
a beautiful experience because, you know, I don't want to divide my, it's like having different relationships. I don't want to divide my attention between this God and that God and this God and that God and this God and that God, or I got to go to this God for this and that God for that and this God for this. I want to serve one master who is my creator, who fashioned me specifically with my mind, my heart, my passion, and made me this unique creature to do wondrous things in his name and for his glory that not just benefit me, but benefit all of mankind and contribute to a larger purpose. And I'm excited about that. I'm very passionate about that. But when I spoke with Gab today about the topic that I wanted to address, it was just more casual, like, you know, being who we are and operating in a world that is multifaceted with all kinds of things going on. And we don't need to break it down on what's going on in the world. I think everybody knows there's all mm-hmm. kinds of craziness right now. So as not to make it political or, or, or cultural or whatever, we all know what's going on. And we all, if you're, if you're even taking the time to listen to this, you're probably not happy about certain things in the state of the world, if not many things. So, right. you know, that's self-explanatory. But knowing that we are in this place where we know that the Lord could part the sky, Jesus could come through those clouds at any minute. We want to be ready. And part of our responsibility is to reach out to others who are searching who are looking for other like-minded souls to connect with and to have more of a spiritual interaction. We want more friends to to speak about the Lord with that are our peers. You know, right now we we go to our church and it's more more older adults there. And we love them. They're our spiritual family. But we also would love to have individuals our age and we we have our youth program we reach out to the kids because we know what it's like to have to grow up in a world where you don't have friends that hold you accountable and that you can still have fun with being a follower of christ is not boring you just have to be yourself and stop trying to live according to other people's ways while following christ and just just sharing about that experience and how we operate in our everyday lives, doing what we do and still honoring God and not falling prey or succumbing to the, the movement of this world. Uh, because that's important because just because you love God, you still got to deal with everybody Mm -hmm. and everybody ain't doing the same thing. We got different mindsets, different gods we follow, different ways of living. Some of us don't even believe in God, you know, but we want to have these conversations and we want to have them in a way that glorifies God and brings honor to him, but also still reflects love, care, and that we're still the same people. We're new creatures in Christ. But we are still Tiff, we're still Gab, we are still people that you can share with. You can, you don't have to be ashamed because we've all done things that are shameful. You know, we all have said things that we ain't got no business saying. We have all moved in directions that we ain't got no business going. 
But glory to God, he already knew those things and it's through his grace that we sit here today and are saying it does not matter. It does not matter. You can still, you can still love God, live a good life and deal with the world day by day as it comes. Yeah, you know, um, one thing that to me is really uh, awesome about God is that he allows us to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. And um, to me, it's almost like for uh, a human being, let's say a child, you know, a, a, a new human <laughs> in this world, having to come uh, to grip with uh, the idea of gravity mm-hmm. and, you know, being defiant. Uh, gravity, what's that? You know, uh, what is that? I don't believe in it. You know, I don't believe it exists. Why? Why don't you believe it exists? I can't see it. Well, and then the kid falls. And they, you know, flat on their face. And it's like, that's gravity, by the way. Ouch. But what happens? Like, some people, and using this as a metaphor, of course, some people will grow up to, to, to being defiant. And even though they've, they've fallen on their face many times, they're still like, I still don't believe in it because I can't see gravity. So it's like, and I pre- to prove it to you, I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> and you know that the outcome is just not going to be very, very, very nice. So with God, it's kind of the same way. Making mistakes, falling, yet tripping, it's part of life and he allows us to trip he allows us to deviate from his ways because when we finally understand what the right way is then it's really significant to us it's not something that somebody else told us to do you know what i mean so he allows us to do that because like like you said our god is a jealous god and he wants he loves us and he wants us to love him back but he wants that love that comes from us to be genuine. Mm-hmm. Not something that he's either forcing us to, to have or that our culture told us we need to have. He wants it to be real. So I think that one thing that is, if just to kind of, I, I, you know, to look at the positive and bright side of living in this generation, living in a world where there are as many choices for religions as you have choices for toothpaste at the grocery store. You if know? not more. If not more. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and whatever to fit your own likes and dislikes <laughs> and you know. Uh, but religious smorgasbord. But at least one thing that I must appreciate um, is that it's so much harder now than it used to be, let's say, in the 40s and 50s when the culture was mostly Christian, you know, and the, and the Christian uh, tradition was more prevalent. Uh, that was like the idea of a wholesome person or a wholesome family kind of went along with the whole Christian lifestyle, right? People went to church and wore the suits and blah, 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 blah. So now it's no longer like that as much anymore. Uh, but... When, because it's so much harder and more rare to come across other fellow believers, when you do, you're like, oh my God, you, you also believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That is so awesome, man. Oh yeah. 
like I had this, um, you know, I teach guitar, and I had this guy who was interested in lessons, and in, um, and we were on the phone, and he, I asked him like, what kind of music he wants to kind of eventually learn, and he was like, this and that, and I would like to learn some Christian music, and I was like, what? You're a fellow believer, and I got so excited because it just doesn't happen anymore. But I feel like when it does happen, it's more real. You know what I mean? Because it's not the norm. It's almost countercultural mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, I, I just wanted to address that because, you know, you know, we do live in a crazy world now where uh, it's so much harder to find like-minded individuals. But I feel like when we do find them, you know, you can kind of trust that it wasn't easy for them like it wasn't easy for us to coexist in this world with uh, with so many like we're the minority in a sense now you know so then it's like that's gotta be you know i trust that that's genuine it's not something that you know their mom and dad told them to do you know what i mean well and i think that um it according to the word you know the beauty of living for crisis it's 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 very simple i think that it's not as complicated as all these other options that are out there i think that all we all we do is stay in prayer live our lives and allow the holy spirit to lead us it's not rocket science i think that we can get a little bit more involved and operate of our own understanding, which, you know, we have minds. So I think it's important to recognize that that's part of our folly is that once, like just using myself as an example, once I made, I rededicated myself, there was still a lot of fine tuning because now I'm learning to hear the Holy Spirit clearly. And sometimes I'm like, is that me? You know, or I don't know the difference sometimes between whether the Holy Spirit is speaking or I'm just deciding to do what I want to do. Right. And that's also been fine tuning as well. And I've also learned during the course of spending more time in the presence of God and asking to have a lot more clarity how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And the Holy Spirit speaks differently to different people, which is why it made such a, a, for a loving relationship with the God, Lord God, our creator, because it's so unique. No one is going to have the same relationship with God. It's like saying that, you know, any person that you spend time with, you're just going to have the same level of interaction. Every one of us is unique and different. So what the Lord has for us and how he's going to communicate with us and how the Holy Spirit is is going to lead us is going to be unique to our purpose and our path but also so as not to be remiss with every one of these podcasts we also want to have scripture and we have actually quite a slew of scriptures today um but we're going to start with matthew 22 verse 37 and it talks about this is where the disciples asked, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me. Let me go back to, um, just so we can 
get a clear picture. And we are here where the religious leaders question Jesus about the greatest commandment. So I'm actually going to backtrack. So I'm going to backtrack to Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. And it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And this scripture is also repeated also in Mark and Luke. Mark 12, 28 through 34, and Luke 10, verse 27a. So you can hear it expressed differently, but they all pretty much say the same. And that's it. We're here to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's it. We're not here to prove anything to the world. We're not here to make an impression. If we do those two things, everything else will come into play. Because if you're loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind, you're getting in prayer. You're building a relationship. You're drawing nearer to him as he draws nearer to you. And through that and reading the word, you're going to get instructions just innately in your spirit in order to walk the paths that you walk in life, in order to get instructions uh, in dealing with people and different uh, scenarios in your life. And it becomes a lot easier the less involved you get with the exception of taking the time to spend time. And as we grow, and I can, again, speak for myself and then also in sharing with you, Gab, about, you know, the growth process, there's a lot that I've learned. And the more I learn, I'm also finding that even in my life now, there's still some fine-tuning personality-wise in being a good leader, not getting caught up in frivolous arguments and petty conversations with people, but still being gentle and loving. I can, I'm a little better at the, the first part, being a good leader, but sometimes depending on how many buttons are pushed or how long I have to deal with it, I can get a little weary with people and I can be a little bit direct and curt, uh, which then can cause me to lack in gentleness. Uh, but I do a little better with not getting caught up in the frivolity of the conversations, but that's where I can be curt and cold because I'll just cut the conversation, you know? So the Holy Spirit is dealing with me in leadership roles and dealing with the different personalities of people because I genuinely love and care. We have a lot of personal endeavors, you know, you and I, we are, we're individual independent business owners. I work in health and wellness and, and I deal a lot with people's pain, people's wanting to, you know, change different habits and 
being healthier and changing their perspective about who they are in order to make these changes consistent. Yeah. You know, you work with music and then there's a lot of endeavors that we we do together that combine these different things. Yes. And it's important for us to stay connected with God because we want to deal with people in an upright manner that conveys loving our neighbor as ourselves. We are so passionate about how God loves us to the point that we want to pour into people the love that we we believe that we have received and continuously receive on a regular basis. So I didn't know if there was anything you wanted to elaborate. I know there's other scriptures we want to talk about as well. But, you know, just just in learning and changing, that's just personality. But now I'm also learning about doctrine. And we were having this conversation. And I was like, wait, you got to save this for the podcast. Because he was like, well, if I make it my parents, I was like, wait a minute, we got to record this. He's like, all right, fine. So, you know, there's things that I have learned. First and foremost, we know as a follower of Christ, you will come uh, uh, in contact with a lot of naysayers that are totally against Christianity, against following Christ. There's a lot of things they don't understand. Well, if God is this, then why this? And mind you, honestly, certain certain types of questions I've had myself, which is why I actually am so passionate about connecting with other people and and answering those questions or or sharing with them how I found that answer for myself. Right. You know, at least starting that dialogue. But as I've grown, I've been a little bit more curious about the horrors that have been done under the guise of Christianity. The horrors that have done have been done to humans in the name of God that are not in conjunction with the doctrine that Christ taught when he walked this earth about a lot of the practices that are pagan in nature that we practice here in our Western culture that are based on the Roman Catholic uh incorporation of pagan rituals during the time when the Roman Catholic Church was established and how we as Christians operate with practices that honestly are honoring other gods and that is not what God wants us to do and we ourselves we go to church how do we deal with that knowing this knowledge How do I deal with it knowing this knowledge? And we were having a dialogue on, again, how the word shows us how to grow in understanding, but also still be loving, respectful for one another and where we are at in our relationship and our growth and our journey with God. So now is the time. (laughs) yeah i I mean um in in, um as i was sharing with you earlier um i personally feel strongly about the fact that yes the uh mankind is taking uh, christianity and used it for so many wrong reasons because people 
intelligent people, you know, even intelligent people that are operating not with a pure heart, can see the power of persuasion that is found in people that follow Christ and, and follow and follow God. Because being being a follower of Christ and, and, a, and a, a believer in God entails developing a certain level of obedience. Mind you, we just did a podcast about obedience. So people have used Christianity to take advantage of the obedience found in believers and trying to use that for their own purposes, mm-hmm. which I'm like this. Good luck, man, because when it's time for you to sit to stand before God and, and, be have, and having to be account- accountable for that, uh, ouch, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's going to hurt. You know, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. But hey, people have been doing that for as long as we can remember since, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 the, and, the, and there's definitely that brings many, many problems. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the work of the enemy. And the work and the enemy does a it works really hard and does a great job uh, in uh, taking Christianity and the genuine belief uh, that people have and the faith that they have and twerk it and, and, and pollute it and contaminate it with these other practices, almost like parasites, you know, that attach themselves. It's like we want to benefit too a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, even the word talks about there are other principalities in this world. Mm-hmm. There, so, yes, we have one true God, but then there are these other unseen entities. The same way there are angels. You know, we know that there are also fallen angels and everything that kind of that spawn from that whole mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So you do have these other minor, lesser entities that try to disguise themselves as godly beings, mm-hmm. but they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. So it's almost like that person that is like uh, running, you know, crossing the street and the light is still green and you're like, the light is turning red. It's like, I'm with them, I'm with them. And you go, but you actually just, you just pretty much committed a crime and you pretty much ran the light, you know. It's like there are entities that kind of do that. And, um, And the problem with that, that can do great damage with the people that are curious and they have a propensity to want to know more about God, but then they have in the forefront of their mind all these reasons why being a Christian is not good. And most of the times it has nothing to do with the goodness of God, with his grace and mercy, with all of the qualities of God or Jesus Christ himself, but it has to do with how Christians, human beings, that are flesh and blood have operated in the wrong way under the premises of Christianity. I mean, you hear it all the time. Well, what about the priests that, you know, are pedophiles? And what about the, you know, the crooked pastors that steal from the tithes? And what about, you know, such and such who's a, a mega priest who's living in a mansion? I mean, these are not, we're not, these, are, these people are not God. These people are not Christ. They are people who 
have done the wrong thing. But you know, you know me, I'm a person of analogies and examples. And to me, it's like this. Uh, people can talk about how faulty the, uh, the medical system and healthcare is. And how, you know, they're out to get you, they're charging you an arm and a leg, there are, you know, all these things that are wrong with, with the healthcare system. But guess what? When, it's, when somebody that you love got hurt and it's time to call 911, all those arguments are out the window. You are going to call and, and you are hoping for a good doctor to show up at your door. To save your loved one's lives you're not you're not gonna hesitate because well what about all the bad things that, no at that point you don't care because somebody's life is on the line mm-hmm. so the same way don't confuse all the bad things that people did in the name of Christianity with what Christianity is really about that's really my what I feel really strongly about Well, and, you know, we know that the whole reason that Satan was cast to earth, you know, we can go back into that old school scripture that talks about Lucifer, the shining star. He was God's right-hand man until he decided that he wanted, not only could do the job better, he wanted to be God. So you can imagine the level of intellect this being has that was cast down to this earth and now this earth is his domain Mm -hmm. so when we think about the kingdom of god we need to recognize that god has a kingdom and so does satan satan has a kingdom and remember a third of the angels were cast down with him and those are his troops those are those who do his bidding he's got a kingdom just like god has a kingdom and the whole the whole story of it is is how even even the word says that even satan will disguise himself as an angel of light we are looking for the light we already know we can't get nowhere in the dark that's just a fact but what we will be deceived in thinking is that we are doing the right thing until we are so far and distance from doing the things of God, even though God is not far, our decisions have created a boundary or a distance where we have to work our way back. We have to work our way back. And there are things that, and, and ways of operating in this world that can make us more susceptible to being affected by these energies, these spirits, these principalities that we cannot see and when we talk about principalities there are certain areas on this planet this planet is divided under jurisdictions and there are certain spirits energies and 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 um higher beings that preside over these areas and they also are worshipped we already know that the church of satan exists so there are people who worship Satan as their God. And if you think as a, as a follower of Christ, you can be inhabited by the Holy Spirit. You can be led in all truth. Satan has his, his spirits that people will lend themselves to, to be inhabited by these spirits who are highly intelligent. These spirits are not stupid. They've existed before time was even created. 
Yeah. They're smart. Don't think that Satan is just some stupid per, uh, individual walking around. Satan is a beautiful being. And let's face it, most sin is very attractive. But it leads to the path of destruction and it's very short-lived. We can see it in any person who has lived, who has lived high and fallen low. We've seen it with uh, kingdoms. We've seen it with kings. We've seen it with with uh, people who have reached certain levels of stardom. And then we like, Dad, what happened? Right. Again, it's the same pattern, different person, different story. The narrative hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And part of our responsibility is... And I'm talking about myself, Gab, and those who profess to living a life that honors God, where we follow the doctrine that Christ, Yahshua, Hamashiach, preached when he walked this planet. He wasn't talking about pagan practices. He wasn't talking about Christmas. He wasn't talking about Easter. He said, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your body, everything, your whole being. Yes. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he said do. He didn't say celebrate Easter. He didn't say celebrate Christmas. He didn't say tell the Muslims that they're awful and they're going to hell. He didn't say tell the new age people and the Buddhists and, and start minding a business. That's his job. We are in the in minding God business type of business. We are about our father's business. And we are about sharing the love and sharing that the relationship that you have with God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, the natural law in which we have our being is yours to have and have it directly. Have it directly. And yes, and I mean directly. And, 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 and again, we'll have these dialogues with people that are naysayers against Christianity. You can look, I'll be the first to tell you, Christianity is just a word. Yeah. It's just a word. And people have done horrible things in the name of it. But when you go back again to the teachings that Jesus taught when he walked this earth, he didn't use Christianity. And then people want to get caught up that he was Judah. And again, he said, this is for all of us, Jew and Gentile, all of us, all of us have this direct line to the Father. And what makes Jesus the only way is that he is the only being that was sinless. God made it clear in the garden, if you commit this sin, you will die, not physically, spiritually. There will be a void where you no longer have that direct connection. And there had to be a working through the generations for it to come through organically because we are so intelligent we get in the way and all of these this this path that we've seen in the history of the bible whether you're reading your 66 canon with some books missing or the original book you'll see that god has repeatedly worked a path to open that reopen that door for us and that is christ and you have people that want to go in 
and 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 try to find oh well jesus was this and jesus was that jesus was this and jesus was that jesus knew who he was do you right and he lived that life and he died for that life you can say what you wanna but how many of us are willing to stand up and die for what we believe in there's not too many of us but those who did it didn't matter what religion they claimed they were lovers of god they were lovers of God. And that's really what it takes. Um, I know, did you, did, I wanted to read uh, the next scripture, but I wanted to give you, if you wanted to share anything, but I wanted just to read Proverbs. Yeah, the, the only one thing I wanted to mm-hmm. add is as to what you were talking about that, yeah, Jesus definitely did not focus on uh, any, uh, observing any specific holidays or things like that. The only one was communion. Mm-hmm. That's the one practice where you say, do this in my in the remembrance of Some me. of us know it as the Eucharist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, he didn't specifically address, uh, you know, holding uh, a certain day higher than other. Now, mind you, he still, you know, um, he still observed the idea of the Sabbath, you know, but that's more so the, the idea of um, dedicating a day every week to honoring God and not allowing anything in your daily schedule or in your weekly schedule to interfere with that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. There were no other holidays that were spoken of in the Bible, um, in the New Testament that Jesus was like, yeah, you must observe those, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we're going to also touch on those because we're not condemning anyone who's practicing those things again we're members in our church and you know they'll put up the christmas tree and you know for the fun of the kids they'll put out the eggs not my thing in particular and you know as gab was saying not necessarily something he cares for but again that's god's job that's god's job we share our feelings and not in complaining we just share. We just share our thought processes. We share what we are learning. And it is our responsibility to honor God in our lives. Right. You know, um, we don't put a Christmas tree up in our home. But we do uh, do little projects with our daughter. Yeah. This year was the nativity. Um, we did a snowman project. Yeah. And, you know, actually the year prior to that, I think it was a Christmas tree. It was. But again, as we learn, we shift. So it's okay to not fully be clear or not totally agree. But if you want more understanding, all you got to do is ask. God welcomes our questions. Yes. He welcomes these things. And these were questions that I've asked. And this is why I have the response that I have today. And it's not to judge because, you know... We're, the word already says, focus on your issue. Focus on the log in your eye before you trying to pick the speck out of somebody else's. We're in the mind, the business of Jesus network here. We mind in our business in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are about our father's business. But going into Proverbs 4-7, he has also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. 
get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, speaking of wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. And that's what we are here and sharing with you today. This is an ongoing journey, and we're going to be shifting more and more as we go. God looks at our hearts, and he looks at our desire to connect with him. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for, oh, did you get everything on that list right? First of all, according to Jesus and and the word, there's only two things. You can't even grow and have a desire to move in these other areas if those two aren't covered. So two should be feasible. I don't know if you're having issues with that. But again, loving God with all your heart, your soul, with all your being, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two. And then everything else grows from there. So God is not having this long list of things we must have in place before we meet him and, 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 and transcend into the place that he has for us. We're supposed to get an understanding. We're supposed to love him and we're supposed to love our neighbor. And through that, we have learned to be long-suffering with those who are not just not in Christ, but those who are in Christ that are still growing in the truth. Or they may be just so used to traditions that that, that's just been their way. And they can be a little bit stuck in that repetitive doctrine and indoctrination. There are a lot of things. I mean, people got comments about tithe, and they got tithe, you know. Ask God. Ask God. And then he will also display, you'll see the answer also manifest in your life. If you misinterpret the word of God, it'll display itself in your life. You'll be like, hmm, why is it not turning out the way I had thought? That's right. Maybe you need to revisit that dialogue. Maybe you misunderstood. There are people you can share with Find a spiritual leader that you love and respect and you know has your best interest in mind. Find friends that you can share the word with and share some of the thoughts and, and feelings and uh, that you've been having. And we're here for each other. We're here to grow together, not to outdo one another, to be more self-righteous than the other. We're here to bring each other up. I'm nothing in the body if the other parts don't work. You ever stub your toe? You know, I can have a whole body, but if I stub my toe, my whole day is wrecked. So don't act like the baby toe is not important. Don't act like the elbow is insignificant. Don't act like the thumb is not important. We are all important, and we all are in this together. And we're all responsible to make sure what we put into this body is healthy and nourishing. And we're all responsible to encourage each other and have good thoughts towards one another. We already, we, we hear all the time about negative self-talk. If we're all one body, what I say negative to Gab will, will affect our home because we're a part of the body. Yeah. And vice versa. And we, you know, some days are better than others. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you love 
the Lord with all your all your being and you love others like yourself, you will make the necessary changes and rectify every situation that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to rectify. So, yeah, you know, um, I think that when it comes to living in a generation where um, there is so much competition of religions with with religions and beliefs, um, and dealing with you know uh, being followers of Christ, which part of that entails. Uh, being people that want to share the good news. That's what the word gospel means, the good news. That you too, indeed, have the same Father that I have, the same God that I have, that loves you very much. Mm-hmm. And by you keeping yourself uh, at a distance, and by you not partaking, in the presence of this loving father that we all share you are missing out and I want you to come close because you as my brother or my sister I love you so I want you to know how good this is Mm -hmm. the same way I know so that's why I try to tell you about it but you know we find ourselves kind of up against people that want to argue that almost like Almost like as if we were some sort of salesmen or saleswomen, you know? Mm -hmm. And instead, it's like, I'm not trying to say nothing, really. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, this is so good that I wish you wouldn't. Like, it's like, look, look at all this food I have at my house. Come here, It's like this... This, this something you made that tastes so good. You're like, you got to try this. You got to try this. This is a, it's so awesome. Oh, my God. You know, it's kind of, it's really like that. Though. You know what I mean? And, and and the thing about, like, when it comes to all the semantics of, like, you know, the legalism of, of if we want to kind of call it religion, you know, the doctrine uh, this, you know, you gotta, you gotta do this to please God. You gotta do that to please God. There is a truth to that, but to a certain extent, it's almost like this, you know, uh, you know, here is this father that is a loving father. So it would behoove you to have a relationship with them. And the minute you meet this father that we all share, again, we're talking about God here. Uh, you find out how loving your father is. But then you're like, oh, by the way, in kind of again using a metaphor, you come into into the father's house. Uh, he he wants you to I don't know uh, leave the shoes at the door, and it's like now you gotta leave the shoes at the door or you're just condemned. To... No, that's just what our father likes. Doesn't mean he's gonna love you any less if you forget one time. You know what I mean? But that's kind of what he likes. You know, this is his house. You know, so it pleases him. So, but these are small things that we do to please our Father. But don't get caught up too much into the legalistic aspect. Mm -hmm. And remember that ultimately, this is a God that just is head over heels for you. Mm -hmm. He loves you Mm -hmm. so much. And all the other things, they will just come as long as you develop a relationship. Well, just to elaborate, just using the house, you know, first and foremost, we recognize the creator of the all universe doesn't need a physical house, yeah. right? So just imagine him 
reflecting his love on you is giving you a physical home. You have a physical house. And again, using the taking the shoes off at the door. You don't have to take the shoes off at the door. But let's say one day you get really money and you got all white carpets. And you decide you want to do what you want to do and you want to walk in your house. Do what you want to do because it's yours. Yours, yeah. But what, what the father has is mine. Yes. And you walk into that house with those muddy shoes. <laughs> and it's the next day. You know, you, you, you go do whatever you're going to do. And then the next day you're walking out the door. What do you think you're going to see at the entrance? Is a whole bunch of mud mm-hmm. on this beautiful carpet. And then what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to clean it. So again, we can look at God's ways as unreasonable orders or not letting you be yourself, or we can see them as preventative tactics and approaches to keep us from having to go back and clean up some mess in the end. You know, just like we try to give our children insight based on our lives because we've been there as parents in certain areas we kind of have a bit of foresight god sees the beginning and the end so he already knows where we're going so he puts things in place to prevent the long term let's go back to the garden he put the tree there and gave one instruction because at the end of the day, we have free will. They go, well, why did God put the tree in the garden? Well, because, I mean, I kind of think, you know, why wouldn't he put every other tree there? Yeah. He just said, just don't eat that one. You got all these other options. And mind you, I've given you all this. And if you love me and you value our relationship, you'll respect the one thing I asked you not to do. Now, mind you, there's nothing wrong with in the garden Adam or Eve or any of us going well God why did you do that but nobody asked he made it clear to begin with but nobody was like well God why did you put the tree there if we weren't supposed to eat it maybe God would have said hmm that's a great question but my thing is I remember we were watching an episode of the Jeffersons and remember uh, Wheezy was writing in her journal and, and George just wanted to see what was in her journal. And she said, George, I'm going to put my journal in my drawer and I'm going to trust you to not read it. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. And what did he go and do was not only did he take her journal and trying to hide that because uh, she came home while he had the journal in his hand. So as she walked in the door, he puts it in this box that then Mr. Bentley goes and takes and puts in the dumpster. Right. So then the rest of the episode is them going in the dumpster, trying to find, to retrieve, yeah. to retrieve this diary that he wasn't supposed to read. On top of that, she, just to test him, put some things in there that weren't true. So he would get all up in arms. She put out, she was seeing some guy. And so it was a fake he, diary. Yeah, so it was a fake diary. It was a fake diary just to see if she could trust him. And... You know, that, that popped in my mind when when uh, I, I, I thought about just saying that just then. is Sometimes God just wants to know that he can put something in front of you and trust you with it. That you'll honor it or you won't touch it. You know, I, I can throw out several scenarios. Some that don't even have an issue with me. It's like, 
you know, you're married and and uh, you and your wife are not feeling each other. You guys are having a little rough patch. And then some pretty woman is hired at your job. Can God trust you to stay faithful and not flirt with this person? Have uh, fraternize at work? Or even worse? You know, not that God purposely put these some things are planted by the enemy to go well you know well your wife's not appreciating you but a lot of times God will allow things to happen to see where we're at that's and we have tests in everything we have tests in school to see if we're ready to move to the next level life ain't no different and again Satan has a kingdom that wants to influence you because he wants to be like God he wants to show God that you made a mistake creating these people and thinking they were intelligent enough to do anything that you thought that they were going to do and I'm here to tell you right now me Tiffany I'm a force to be reckoned with in the kingdom of Satan I've already decided that you know and I'm not going to succumb to it I may make mistakes but I'll correct them in Jesus name I'm not perfect and I'm not here to be perfect, but I'm here to share that you don't have to be perfect and love God with all your being. But God knows, God knows your heart. You know, um, in Colossians, uh, we have Colossians 2, 16, 17. You know, it says, so let no one judge you on food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come. But substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and let not and not holding fast to the head from which all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. And it says here, just in reading the the uh, application, it says judgment in food or drink probably refers to the dietary laws during the Jewish times. The festivals mentioned are the Jewish holy days celebrated annually monthly, which means the new moon, and weekly, the Sabbath. These rituals distinguish the Jews from their pagan neighbors. Failure to observe them could easily be noticed by those who were not keeping track of what others did. Oh, I'm sorry. Failure to observe them could easily be noticed by those who were keeping track of what others did. Mind another folks' business, other words. Okay. But we should not let ourselves be judged by the opinions of others because Christ has set us free. And it says, let's see. Let not others criticize their diet or their religious ceremonies instead of outward observ- obs- observ- mm, observance. Help me, Lord. Believers should focus on faith in Christ alone. Mm. Our worship, traditions, and ceremonies can help bring us close to God. But we should never criticize fellow Christians whose traditions and ceremonies differ from ours. More important than how we worship 
is that we worship Christ. Don't let anyone judge you. You are responsible to Christ. And lastly, Paul calls, he says, the festivals. Holidays and festivals pointed towards Christ. Paul calls them a shadow of the reality of what is to come. Christ himself. When Christ came, he dispelled the shadows. If we have Christ, we have what we need and know. We have what we need to know and please God. So at the end of the day, we're here to focus on the Lord Focus on the life of Christ. Focus on letting the Holy Spirit transform us by the renewing of our mind that we may be conformed to the image of Christ to the point where we can make these decisions and do the works that Jesus did when he walked this earth. And that is what we are supposed to focus on. Not on anything else. Not on anything else. But once again, naysayers, I like to call them nay-nay, You know, with naysayers, we're not here to justify ourselves. We're here to walk the path and show the difference between how your life will manifest following Christ and obeying his statutes and living your life for him. And let them judge for themselves what looks more fulfilling. You know, uh, there's a scripture that I didn't mention earlier, buddy. Again, I think it was the Holy Spirit that kind of brought it back to memory. Mm -hmm. And it's from uh, one of my devotionals that I read this morning. Mm -hmm. This is from Psalm 119, verse 35. That says, Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Hello. Simple. Simply put. Can you read that one again? I just want to hear that one again. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Did y'all hear that? God created you. You don't think he don't know what's going to make you happy? Huh? If not, give, give your thoughts a go. And see how that turns out for you. <laughs> Can't knock it till you try it. So give it a try. God's grace is sufficient for us all. So if you want to try your own path, you know, maybe it'll work out for you. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Soon enough, the proof is in in in, in the manifestation of your fruit. So, you know, with that, you know, it's really just about taking ownership of the decisions that you make staying in the word staying in relationship with the lord and let the holy spirit transform you from the inside out and all those things will become apparent that you ask that you pray for and that you are hoping to accomplish in your life focus on what you're here to bring and that in and of itself will be a ministry to other people to the benefits of a life of one who follows the image of Christ and has dedicated their lives to serving the Lord God Almighty. All right, so uh, the last podcast that we did, um, 
there was so much content and information there that we decided to uh, kind of do a part two uh, to that previous one. So um, we were uh, having a conversation about uh, obedience and uh, in uh, uh, following God's commands and why we need to follow God's commands and and how it's uh, uh, one of the reasons uh, for doing so is so that God can trust us and entrust us with more, with more blessings, with more responsibilities, and ultimately to shape ourselves to be followers of Christ and his example, um, to live a righteous life, and to best um, do God's will and, and, and carry out his vision for our lives that um, it, it's included in the overall um, plan that he has for this planet and for mankind. So um, one scripture that I want to reconnect with, um, it, it was part of my uh, one of my devotionals uh, from a few days ago that I, I really connected to. Um, and this is mainly to demystify uh, this idea that we are supposed to follow God's commands because, you know, he's such a cruel taskmaster or such a, um, you know, uh, hard to please kind of God when in, in actuality it's quite the opposite. He tells us certain things that are best for us to observe so that we can be happy, so that we can be fulfilled in, and live a good life, you know, just like a, a good parent would do with his children. So this passage um, from Psalm uh, 119, is, uh, verse 35, says, Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. And I thought that that was so telling of... Uh, you know, the, the topic at hand here. So where it's not because God wants to control us that we're supposed to follow his commands. It's not because uh, we're supposed to live such a rigid life by, because it's for our own good, because that's where happiness lies. If we want to live a happy life, which seems to be everybody's question, how can I be happy? Whether you are, Christian, whether whatever religion you are, uh, you belong to, or you follow, or whether even if you're not um, uh, someone who believes in God, just about every human being on this planet wonders that how can I be happy? And the Word said tells us just that: you want to be happy, follow God's commands, because in within those we can find everything that we need to do and everything we need to be in order to have a righteous and happy life. Um, and from my devotional, one uh, part that this is not from actual scripture, but kind of like the explanation of, of that one passage in scripture that I just read, um, that I want to read is this part that says, ignoring God in order to pursue our own desires will never yield the peace we seek. Doing so may make us happy for a moment, but a pattern of disobedience will eventually lead us into bondage. And um, that is so true because the enemy out there is constantly 
in our ear, especially when we do well, especially when we start to make positive changes, trying to pursue, uh, trying to persuade us uh, to join him in in the evil ways, in the dark ways, in the in 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 his schemes, uh, making uh, certain things look really good, like temptations, and uh, uh, where you know certain things seem to bring that happiness, if we want to call it that, so much more quickly, you know. So because let's be honest, sinning oftentimes is fun. We cannot be tempted unless there's something about the temptation that we do want to do. You know, whatever that is for, and everybody is different. So the enemy gets in our ear with that. And the thing about that is that it's a mirage. It's a, it's, 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 it's a lie. And uh, the enemy knows that. Um, and we need to know that too. We need to stay in the word, like uh, Tiffany had mentioned in the previous podcast, which is really important for us to be able to call on what God said in the word. Uh, even if it means for us to commit certain passages to memory, so that we can combat what the enemies is what the enemy is trying to tell us by using the word, as we talk to the enemy, but also as we speak to ourselves, to our own spirit, you know, to remind ourselves of all the good promises that God has made for us and all the things that He told us to do in order for us to have a, a happy life. Well, and there's also, you know, I want you all to keep in mind the the premise of this podcast in particular was being followers of Christ in our generation. And, you know, uh, in the podcast previous to that, we talked about obedience um, and how it is Samuel had said to Saul how obedience is better than sacrifice so in this podcast which is a continuation of the one you just previously heard we talked about you know how we're not you are not kids but we're not senior citizens and how it is to be a follower of the way of christ in this dispensation in this day and age and how we operate in that and and pretty much have to be long-suffering as it says, is a fruit of the Spirit with a lot of all the different people and thought processes and ways of operating that there is in this world and how we stay steadfast and unmovable during that time. And, um, you know, we are called for very specific things. You know, when Jesus gave before he went up and ascended, to the father he gave the disciples specific instructions and that was to go out and preach the word not our opinion of the word not our uh the version of the word that suits what we wanted to say in that time to make a point but we are supposed to share the word the gospel which is the good news to all We're also supposed to be prepared for persecution because not everybody's going to see things the way we do. Some just not right away. Some will be very adamant based on their perception of the gospel of Christ uh, as it's been tainted over the thousands of years by humans 
manipulating the word of God for their own personal gain. Uh, We also have people of just other faiths who, I mean, when you are raised within a certain doctrine, to come to a place where someone like me is convincing you that everything you've ever known is untrue, that's a very challenging place to be. But I will also say that even being raised as a Christian per se, as I have learned, I know that Christianity is just a term in which have been placed upon a group of people at a certain amount, at a certain point in time, uh, where there was no term for this way. It was what Jesus taught, and it was called the way. And I have also, even being raised in the Christian faith, had to go back and not necessarily unlearn, but re-educate myself in what is the true doctrine that Jesus taught when he walked this earth. And a lot of it goes against even the very fabric of the law in which a lot of quote-unquote Christians operate or just used to justify their behavior that really is not godly. Uh, We've read in previous podcasts how uh, we know that in the last days, with the great falling away, many of those who are deceived will be those who claim to be Christians. So it's, it's, it's not just a whole thing of changing who you are. It is really recognizing God as the one who has always exists and created everything that exists and that he created humanity And through our error and constant rebellion, he had to bring forth himself in the flesh in order to reconcile with us. God can only do it himself. So he had to come up with a version of himself so that he could allow a space for us to return. That's how much we are wanted. And I don't, I I really don't have anything that I have to prove when I'm sharing this with people that I love I'm not obligated to pressure or force or expect you to take everything that I say at face value I expect you to pick up the word and read it for yourself uh, and and see for yourself the validity of at least exploring more what Jesus taught us when he walked this earth He created that path that we can connect directly to God. And that is why belief in Christ is so paramount. It is is non-optional. Because that's like saying, if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in God. God. Jesus is God coming here to be sacrificed because there was no other way. We were so tainted, there was nothing that could equate with what he required and you know i have these dialogues with people why well he's god how why is it that he just couldn't blah 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 god is not a man that he should lie i'm sure you've heard in in the past with these monarchs you know once a king gives his word he can't go back on it the creator of the universe is the king of kings the creator of 
quote unquote these lesser gods that we all claim which are nothing but other entities and spirits that exist we're not saying they don't exist they, they some of them do some of them are folklore but some of them are real we're not saying that there aren't other uh entities that exist that are worshiped as gods to other people in other cultures we're not saying that but they are not the creator of the universe and he is or she or however the heck ever you know i'm just using the terms that i'm given in english language you know to try to explain something that's unexplainable a being that goes beyond our understanding i can only use the words i have so that's what i'm doing so hopefully you'll just work with me but you know that is why god is not a man that he should lie his word is his word if he went back on his word when he created me lord knows where i would be when I, he spoke me forth and i came to be everything i go through is him trying to keep his word to me i want joy and i want happiness and i'm created for a purpose i really need to yield to the one who created me to fully understand why i'm created you don't ask the TV how it operates. You read the manual that was created by the its creator. Correct. So I don't have my own manual. I have the connection to the instructor. So that is why Jesus and acceptance of him as your Lord and Savior is so vital and non-optional. Because to deny him is to deny the creator of the universe themselves. So, again, how do we work in this life as regular folks that love life? We love our friends. We love our family. We're not hermits, so we like to get out and do things. We love to socialize. We keep God in the forefront of our minds and his word in our hearts. The word says... You know, we read his word and we keep his word in our hearts that we have no desire to sin. The Holy Spirit works on us daily. We read the word. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand it. Because it's only via the spirit we can understand the things of the spirit. So we have to read the word in order to really understand who God is and, and God's purpose for our being. We want to operate in love because God is love. He created us to love and to love us. So at the end of the day, it's really about obedience to the very process uh, from which we get our purpose for existing. By doing this, I live my highest existence. By operating this way, I operate in my highest self. So, I, I'm not expecting anybody to just take what I say right out of my mouth. But, I would hope by those who have seen me in my earlier years and they've seen the changes that I've made, they go, wow, like something changed in her. And they're inspired by that change. And that draws people in. That's how we're supposed to convey the word of God. 
through our lives, not through pressure and judgment and and uh, self-righteousness. It's through love and living and walking in God's word. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. You know, I don't know if you have anything to contribute to that. Yeah, you said so many wonderful things and I, uh, I wanted to kind of uh, expand upon that from my standpoint and I uh, definitely agree with everything that you said and uh, one, one point that you made that uh, I really love is the idea that um, it's basically impossible to truly believe in God without truly believing in Christ because uh, you know let's remember that the entity that it is God it's what we call a triune God so we have God the Father then we have the Son, and we have, we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, it's the link, not only to God, but also to the Holy Spirit. One thing that Jesus Christ did before, you know, he went to the cross, uh, or actually before he as, uh, ascended, um, when, they, when his disciples were, you know, feeling sad that, you know, uh, at the thought that, you know, Jesus was no longer going to be here in the flesh, that he said, me going away is actually a good thing. Because by me going away, the very essence that I am, which is the Holy Spirit, is going to come here in my place. And not only you are receiving me in a, in spirit form, but instead of me being in the flesh, like I am right now, I'm going to be spirit. So I get to, that that spirit actually gets to live inside of you. You know, the world uh, likes to quote part, part, uh, partial scriptures. You know, they say, the body's a temple, but they leave out the most important part, which is, yes, it is a temple, but it's not just a temple. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, yes, I mean, I don't negate, we don't negate that there are great people out there that, uh, you know, are very intelligent. Uh, a lot of them operate with a good heart. And, you know, you hear all these uh, uh, sayings that, are, that appear to be very wise, like follow your dreams or follow your gut, you know, things like that. And there is definitely a partial truth to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Like Tiffany said, the same way a TV cannot just start talking and tell you how to operate itself, operate itself, you have to actually read the manual that was written by the person that manufactured and created that TV. We cannot, nobody can say, okay, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do in my life. I know exactly what's going to happen next year. A lot of people go to uh, uh, fortune tellers and, you know, card readings and all this stuff because we are, most people, everybody walks around confused in the, in the, in the dark about what really is, co- what life is going to be about and what's going to happen to them. Most people don't know themselves that really that well. Uh, so who knows us best? The very person that made us, that's God. So, how do we access that wisdom that can only come 
from God through the Holy Spirit. How do we get to have the Holy Spirit living in us through Jesus Christ? He's the only one that can say, you accept me, here is my essence. Now this essence lives inside of you and it's going to give you the guidance, the, 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 the uh, wisdom, the uh, comfort, the direction, the revelation that you need. And it's not about just sitting there and kind of like looking, staring in the mirror and kind of hyping yourself up. Those are just minor tools, little things that help a little bit. But the only way is to find that Holy Spirit, to cultivate what what in the world we call him the fruit of the Spirit, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. By accepting Jesus Christ, he was the one to give us the exact and detailed example on how to be a human the right way and to, through prayer, through staying in the Word, to communing with God and talking to God like He, like he is our true father that, father that He is, to really create that intimate relationship. So then the Holy Spirit, which again, it's a part of God. This is another side of the same God, the triune God, um, that, that lives inside of us, that voice becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. That's where it gets a little bit easier every day to yield to God's commands. And when you start to yield just the same way you're able to you know, you see you're driving down the street and you see that red, that, that light uh, turning yellow. There's the part of you, the wise part of you say, you know what? You should just stop, uh, slow down and stop. Don't try. You know what I mean? Then you know that you, you're going to eventually ultimately be happy that you listen to that wise voice inside of your head that told you to do that. Not because the law told you to do that, but because it's common sense. So the Holy Spirit starts to do that more and more and more. And it becomes easier to follow that, that guide, that guidance inside of you. And that's where things get, get to be not necessarily easier like everything now. It's roses and everything is just super awesome all the time on the outside. But you get to be less stressed. You get to be less confused. You, you get to be happier and more joyful because no matter what, there is this higher being that is guiding you and is giving you the strength and is, give, and is renewing your mind and is restoring you where you need to be re- refilled emotionally uh, and as far as your physical energy or anything that you can possibly need. Well, you know, it's... It's one, there's one fact that is definitely true is inside of every single one of us, there is a point in our lives where we start to search for something beyond ourselves, to understand ourselves more. And that is something that from our inception, from our creation, we are, that is placed in us. God specifically put something in you that desires to find him, to, that desires to find that source, that, that part of you that helps you to understand you better. And we lend it to other doctrine. 
we lend it to other philosophies that may speak to it and pique our interest because they may use the right words that go, oh, yeah, 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 I've always thought that way. And that's how the enemy works as well. You know, I think you have, again, a lot of approaches to healthy, you know, thinking, higher thinking. And I'm not saying they're all out wrong. But the one thing I will say is if they don't lead you to Christ Jesus, they've dropped the ball and they've left you hanging. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with the spark. You know, the word says there are many paths. There are many paths. But that's just the spark. At the end of the day, The final decision needs to be accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And there's only one place you can get his words and read his words. And as you start with the word of God, your Bible, you can grow from there. There's a lot of literature connected to the Bible that even explains you know, the thoughts of even the writers in the Bible. And and that's a whole nother extension. But start small. Start, you know, even babies start with mashed up food. They can't necessarily eat solid food first. So a lot of it can be confusing if you start off trying to eat, gobble up, uh, you know, large, large quantities of the wisdom that is there for the Holy Spirit to help you to interpret. So start small. We call if as a baby, you're going to start with the milk of the word. Start with, you know, finding uh, a place where you feel ministered to, and 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 that can water that seed. Get into your word. Read your word. There is great literature out there. You may not necessarily have a church home. But even churches can be challenging if they're kind of, you know, not necessarily operating the full extent, you know, of what Jesus taught. Again, we have our canon, but that's highly influenced by other doctrine. So I highly encourage you to find uh, a group, a small group. Or a church that leaves out the additional minutia of a lot of the practices of, you know, pagan influence. Because, honestly, that's not the word of God. That was added later on by the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which is highly influenced by Greek philosophy which definitely is of a different doctrine. The Greeks were pagan. So, but it's a great starting point to then open up your eyes to certain things uh, and to look deeper. There's there's great uh, Hebrew-based Bibles that are out there that give you the original terminology that Jesus used. Jesus didn't use Greek terms. He used Hebrew terms. So there is a lot to really learn as you go, but just start off small, knowing that Christ is the Son of God, that was God here in the flesh, accepting him as your Savior, allowing the Holy Spirit in to lead you in all truth, 
and and move you in the direction to get that nourishment you need to to feed that spark and fan those flames and uh i think that's a great start getting baptized you know um i was baptized as a child and i honestly say it's been in my spirit to be rebaptized again now with that i have more knowledge i felt like as a child i did it and i just did it because i was supposed to and you know because i was a child and i know god has a heart for children i know that he's watched over me but i definitely believe that through the course of my life and a lot of the decisions i made I've rededicated myself in my words, but I have not been rebaptized. So that is a, a strong desire for me to be rebaptized uh, as well. So again, that seed is planted and it's an organic search that comes naturally. And just know that is done on purpose. It is done on purpose, so you have you start to have this innate desire to seek God out for yourself. He wants you to find him. God wants you to find, and he wants you to reconnect. He wants to, to, to draw nearer to you as you draw nearer to him. And it's a beautiful experience. I think that it's rewarding, it's challenging, and it's not necessarily the real doctrine is not something that's 100% widespread. There's a lot of persecution behind it because it's been, you know, watered down over thousands and thousands of years. But it's part of the process. Even Jesus was prosecuted, even persecuted, prosecuted. Well, I know he was prosecuted. (laughs) Right? He was both. Even Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus was not respected by those in his hometown. So don't think that your journey will be any different than Jesus had God, that God experienced on this earth with his own creation, his own people that he sent Jesus down to reconcile, to create that bridge of reconciliation. But he still stuck his ground because he gave his word. And it's a journey. It's a journey and it's a rewarding one. But even through persecution, there's a confidence. There's a confidence that you have because you know you are operating in the truth. And your eyes are open. Your eyes are open. So just, you know, be careful what you pray for. Don't pray for your eyes to be open and you really don't want to see that's the only thing that I'm going to say to you. So. Well, on that note, you know, um, prayer, you know, um, just to say another thing about prayer. First of all, uh, again, if you are listening to this, congratulations to you because we were talking about how, you know, being a Christian in this generation. Uh, right now, you know, when it comes to religions, when it comes to philosophies or approaches to life, self-help, uh, books, and all these other resources, there's more stuff out there than a, than a Walmart. And it can be very, very confusing and, and discouraging uh, to know that you want, you know that something inside you uh, wants something better. You know, there's something better out there. And you, you're starting to have that hunch inside of you, that desire, that craving 
for living a more purposeful life and doing it the right way. So, as God, and that's, you know, that's, that's God calling you closer to Him. Say, this is how you're, we're going to do this. So, come this way. So, uh, Tiffany mentioned prayer. So, prayer, it's the, it's the easiest and fastest way to not only connect with God, but to ask Him for what you need. God in the Word says that, I think it was in the Proverbs, uh, talks about, if you lack wisdom, ask me, and I'll give you all the wisdom you need. So if you need, uh, you know, you can pray to God to um, bring you closer to the right church, to the to the right people, mm-hmm. to, you know, um, because one, one of the... It, infinite ways that God operates in is that God moves through people's hearts. God can put, can place something in somebody's heart and in somebody's mind to do. And now all of a sudden they're right there to help you with that very thing that you need help with. And mind you, he does that with any, with everything, even if it's with practical things, you know, so you can literally don't be afraid to just close your eyes, go in the privacy of your room or wherever you feel comfortable and just talk to God like you would talk to your daddy, to your mom. And just say, God, I am so confused. Be honest. You know, tell him, <coughs> tell him where the, area, the areas where you struggle and ask for what you need to ask. And trust us if you do it. And when you do it with a genuine heart, mark our words. God will come through and he will do what he needs to do for you, for you to get to that better place. So prayer is essential. That's why Tiffany said, be careful what you pray for. Because, you know, we know how powerful prayer is. And, I mean, there is no middleman there. There is no middleman. Jesus made sure of that. Okay? So, and the word says, Jesus told us, if you ask our, if you ask my father in my name, anything can be done. Anything is possible. Yeah? So, if you are confused, ask God, Lord, I want to, I, I want to understand you better. I want to become, I want to, I want to get closer to you, but I'm confused as to where to start, how to do this. Please give me the wisdom. Please send to me the right <coughs> people to help me with this. And then in faith, you have to trust that God is going to do it the way he needs to do it in his own time. If you feel like your prayer hasn't been answered, like if you pray today and it's not answered by tomorrow, don't worry. Be persistent and, and pray again. Sometimes our faith is tested through waiting. Yeah, so you have to have that, that strength within yourself to wait a little bit longer, but to trust. That's what faith is all about. Well, also, sometimes we forget that God is... There are terms that we use for God there that are pretty consistent across the board. One is omniscient, which is all-knowing. The next is omnipotent, which is all-powerful. And then the third is uh, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Everywhere. And God knows what you need before you even ask. 
the prayer is just opening that line of communication from your end. God wants to commune with you. He wants to talk with you. That's why Jesus died. That's why he went through all this work. So then you have this desire to have a dialogue. What person goes through a whole lot of effort to be in a place to engage you unless they love you? You know, so God has that desire to hear your thoughts, to hear you say them, even though God is already aware. And sometimes it's not just necessarily a test of our faith. God is a God of timing. So just because you're asking for it doesn't mean it's going to appear within the next 24 hours. It may be a certain time frame in which this specific prayer should be answered to benefit you the most. So also, there's also to keep in mind that God answers prayer according to his divine plan for you. So there's things that you ask for that aren't good for you, that may be corruptive down the line that you cannot fathom. So there's certain doors that are not open because they're not healthy doors to be open to begin with. So we also have to keep that in mind. But if we stay open and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in truth, we'll also have that clarity. And we'll also come to that space and go, oh, I'm glad that that didn't happen. I'm glad that that door wasn't open because I don't even... Like you could be praying for a job. Like I have a client of mine. uh, He just knew. Uh, this job that he was applying for was God. He said, I just know it was God. And for just for some reason, they just kept dropping the ball with contacting him and getting the ball rolling. And he was really excited about this job. A couple months later, he sees them on the news and they're being audited and people are being arrested for fraud. Mm. So... That door never opened, even though he was in prayer for it. He was in a great position. He, uh, you know, put in the work, highly qualified, and but was looking for this specific avenue. And that door just did not open. He prayed about it and everything, and that door just did not open. And then the clarity was given uh, sometime later of why. And he was so grateful that that door never opened. And I'm quite sure probably in some areas of your life, there's things that you've wanted and then was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't go that way. Or just the direction you were driving and you found out it was traffic. You know, just little tiny things. You're mad that you get held up or you're stuck somewhere, but you never know. Being stuck somewhere might have kept you from being in a car accident that was along that timing had you left the time you wanted to leave. We have to recognize that God sees the end as well as the beginning. He sees the path in which we operate. And there are certain things that he'll place along the path, certain doors he'll open, certain doors he'll shut to make sure we move along the right path as long as we keep him in the forefront of our mind and don't get discouraged and don't operate outside of our faith. Because then... It's going to be really hard when you when you start to lack in faith, you start to lack in the disciplines that keep you connected to God and to keep hearing him clearly, to keep being sensitive to the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit along your path. And the enemy does that on purpose. So just recognize once you claim Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are an enemy in the kingdom of Satan. <clears throat> 
and there's no point in bothering with you when he already got you but once you claim Christ as your savior mm. now he's got another job to do and I can guarantee you he don't appreciate that much and he don't appreciate <laughs> you he don't appreciate you giving him more work to do so you have to be sober and vigilant as the word says because the enemy comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and we have to read the word to learn about the armor of God to quench those fiery darts and those painful situations and those words that people say that can cut us deeply and that uh, opportunity that we see as a potential negative learning how to recognize that all things happen for our good these are all words from the bible you know as i've grown i've learned these words from the scriptures that edify me and help me to retrain my way of thinking even when i think a negative thought and so i can be quite sarcastic so even when i think a negative thought i just say let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth so i don't say it so now i'm just working on the thoughts so i even say you know i have the mind of christ so i you know it's learning the words so then you can speak the right words over your spirit because words are powerful it was nothing but a word that brought forth existence so don't think your words fall on emptiness so it is important what you say what you speak not just to yourself but to others and over others and over yourself so we have to learn the word so that we can speak the word so we start speaking life and not death but just it's just so much that can be said which is why we had the podcast and and you know we always love to elaborate more and more as we go and as we feel led but yeah you know it's 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 a whole process it's a whole process and it doesn't happen overnight so don't think even though your heart has changed and you you love the lord and you want to start living for him that everything just all of a sudden pops into place there is a lot of shifts in the lives that we have created for ourselves that now have to be shifted around in order to flow along with what God has planned for us from our very inception, from the moment he created us. Yes, so true, so true. And, you know, connecting back to the idea of living in this generation, the word, what you were talking about, I almost feel like the Bible was written uh, for these times even more in it's like it's even it's almost most significant in these times because if we want to talk about what generation we're in there's never been ever in the history of mankind a time like this when we get bombarded by so many like multi-sensory stimulants information wise entertainment wise just things that are just coming at us from every direction to make us feel better, you know? Like, now you can watch a show on Netflix while uh, texting on your phone and then on your with your left hand, you can have your iPad open and doing something. Like, it's never happened before. So you have all this thing coming at you and it's very hard to keep track or even discern what is positive 
and what's negative. And most of us know uh, about the subconscious mind and that what you let in is going to eventually fester, especially if you do it in a repetitive way. So there hasn't been a time like now where being able to counteract all that, all that information, all that pollution uh, with the word of God, there's never been a time like this where that's, that's been as important, I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, you know, on top of that, they didn't have the experience, the experiences that are in the Bible. There hadn't been a way to collect them yet. They were all dispersed in, in all different places, which is why, again, Jesus was so wonderful because he also instructed the disciples to write it down. Uh, a large portion of the Old Testament, a lot of these the information had to be collected. And these guys, they did their research. These weren't uneducated people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but again, it it still rings true to connect with the creator of the universe directly. Because again, we just have the, the fan, the fans, I mean, the flames fan and, the, you know, the ignition happen through our initial engagement. But we have to have this relationship for ourselves. Everything is breathed by the Holy Spirit and written through human intellect and a human mind. So again, we we get the information, but that's why we read the word for ourselves because God has something individual to say to all of us. How you read a scripture and what impact it has on your life, we could read the same scripture and it has a different uh, uh, impact on my life. The information is the same because you don't change the word. It is what it is, but how it applies to your life is going to be individualized 100%. I could say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and you focus on the Lord is my shepherd and I focus on the shall not want. Right. You know, but it's still true, you know, so it all is special when you take the time to learn and draw nearer to God on your own. The word says, when we seek God, we will find him. When we seek him with all our hearts. That's a scripture in Jeremiah. Don't quote me on because I don't know. I, I know the words now. I don't need to know the numbers. I just need to know the words. You know, uh, but if I am to uh, repeat this back to you, I should know it off the top of my head. So I will put it in the description because I do actually know it's Jeremiah, I think 29 something. But uh, I will find that out specifically for you and put that in the description. But, you know, I'm a highly tatted person. And that is one of the scriptures that I have tattooed. That is one of my favorites because that just rings true for me. You know, the 23rd Psalm was a psalm that I learned as a child. And I believe, uh, funny story, I was went to Bible school, you know, vacation Bible school, and we had this uh, teacher. I really liked her. I was little, too, single-digit kid at that time. And our little leader, well, she was about maybe teenager. Her name was Crystal, not Krista. And I really liked her. It was a little Mennonite church down the street, and we went and 
this was when vacation Bible school was like vacation Bible school. Like you went all day, not just for a couple hours. And uh, we had this competition of committing the 23rd Psalm to memory for a prize. And I stayed up all night memorizing it. And it clearly stuck because I know it by heart till this day. And I went and I was the only one that knew it by heart. And everybody applauded. You know, that was great. But I wanted my prize. And I know that Krista said she was going to give me my prize. But I never got my prize. And I remember feeling some type (laughs) of way about that. I was like, I was supposed to get a reward for this. And as I got older and I've lived a little bit, I have really, it has been thoroughly clear to me that that scripture, knowing that, the Lord wanted me to learn that early. And that is his promise to me. And that was the gift. That was the prize. Learning that scripture, knowing it by heart and having that in my heart. That was what the Lord told me early as a child. And it has manifested 1,000 fold. I've lived for, I, you know, I'm way past single digits at this point. And the Lord has always been my shepherd. And I've wanted and needed for nothing. I mean, my life is a, a direct reflection of that passage. And I know now that that was God speaking to me early, laying the foundation for what he wanted to make clear to me. And what he wanted me to understand about his purpose in my life. Among the many beautiful scriptures there are. And then there's Jeremiah. And that verse. um, That's uh, the one you were talking about. Jeremiah 29.13. I was going to say 29.3. That's why I was like, I don't know by heart. (laughs) 29.13. And uh, I just love it. I just love that like. I just think that's just a beautiful saying. When you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. And at this point, that is my pledge to my father, is to seek him with all my heart. And I'm working on the heart piece because I've come from a a long place of, I believe, to be a lot of misunderstanding and hurt and resentment and anger due to things that I believe happened to me unrighteously in reflection as an adult. And I'm not angry anymore, but I do know that it had such an impact. There were some roots that needed to be uprooted that over the course of time, the Holy Spirit has helped me to understand and know that I need healing in those areas. So I I really am very passionate about my relationship with the most high God of all creation. And I don't judge anybody, but I have, I have, it will never be anything that I will make it an effort to have to defend. As far as I'm concerned, it is what it is. And I'm not here to debate it. You'll find out on your own. I can give you the information And I can, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, right here, just what we're doing, we're trying our best to give you what we we know in the manner in which we are led. But serving God is a choice that only you can make. Nobody's going to force you. God's not going to force himself. But he 
appoints people. He's appointed many people who are passionate about their relationship with him and the benefits that they have experienced in their lives due to that surrender. Because it's a mindset. And it's a place that we set ourselves that we have to open that door. The word says, behold, I knock. God is knocking. It is up to you to answer. So we're not here to force you to answer. We're just here to tell you the benefits of answering. And again, like I said, it doesn't paint this easy life. But we know this is only a fragment in time. This life experience we're having. So it's that portion of our existence that we can't just pinpoint our finger on. It's that point of experience that we can feel it, but we can't see it. That's the experience that we speak of that we know exists because this is only a fragment in time. People will tell you, our senior citizens and our elderly people, they'll tell you life is a blink. You'll blink and you're an an elderly person. I blink and I'm the age. I I mean, I I remember a lot of things that happened to me like they were yesterday. And the older you get, the faster time seems to move. And I just feel like time itself is speeding up. And I believe that that sky is going to open up and we are going to see Christ return as he promised. And the question is, will, will we be in a place to ascend with him? To ascend with our, 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 with the bride, with our church, with our family, our spiritual family. Because we're all one. And we're all one family and we all have one father who created all things, even the things that nurture ourselves that we attribute to the feminine and the mother, you know, aspect. You know, God is my mother and my father. God is everything. (laughs) Even Jesus said, you know, who is my sister? Who is my brother and my mother? Except for those who follow God. (laughs) So we follow God. We are sisters and brothers. We cousins, we uncles. We family. We're family. So, you know, that's it for me. I don't know if you have anything else you want to share. I mean, because the more we keep talking, there's other, there's always there's something so to much. talk about. So, so much. we'll always come back and uh, have just more to share. Because yeah. this is really what it's about. It's about sharing. And I hope you all are finding this helpful. And at least just... In, in relation to some of the thoughts that you're having. I mean, you're not listening to this because you're not seeking something. Or you're looking to be able to relate with other believers. You know, you're searching for something. Just like we are. We're searching for a, a more deeper in-depth relationship with the creator. From where we come. Where we have our origins. That we may understand our lives so much more clearer and live fulfilling lives while we're here on this planet so i mean if you don't know christ all you have to do is 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 get in prayer and let the lord know you believe in his son you believe in his death and his resurrection you believe that he is the son of god and that he came to die for the sins of us all sins that he was not responsible for he sacrificed himself that we may be reconciled to him 
and be restored to the right standing and have a relationship directly with our Father. And if you can speak those words and believe that and follow what Jesus Christ taught when he walked this earth, your family, it's not difficult. So we encourage you to not just take our word for it, read for yourself and see. The word says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So... I hope you guys were blessed by this. Your feedback is invaluable. Please let us know if this is an inspiration to you. We'd love to get your feedback. Any questions that you have, any topics that you would like us to discuss, we're more than open and we'll try our best. Of course, we have to pray on it. And as the Holy Spirit leads us, we can definitely try our best to address anything that you would like us to touch on. But outside of that, I hope you are having a wonderful day and smile a lot, love on somebody else, and I guess we'll see you next time. That's right. Be blessed. All right. Take care, you guys.